good having all of you with us today. Beautiful, sunshiny day somewhere. <laughs> I have to admit, I, uh, I was uh, sweeping the leaves off the front step this morning and the sun actually creeped through for 30 seconds. <laughs> and so I was thankful for that 30 seconds. So uh, I can't complain though. Man, this is December and we didn't have a repeat of last week. So we're glad that you all made it today and you made it safe. The rule for Christmas and throughout the whole winter season is that we will have church. And if you feel like you'd rather stay home and not chance the ice and snow, no problem with Pastor. He fully understands. I grew up in Ohio with a lot of snow, and I had the privilege of living four years in Minnesota. And the winters in Minnesota are interesting, to say the least. And uh, so I just really enjoyed that. Thank you for being here today. Advent Sunday, uh, things are beginning to happen. And, and uh, you're, you're working on your list of Christmas gifts that you're giving folks. And some of you already have got Christmas bought. It's done, it's over with. You just have to wrap it and you're ready to go. And there were three sons who bought gifts for their, for their mother. And uh, these three sons were discussing the gifts that they were able to give their mother, their elderly mother. The, the oldest son says, well, you know, I built this big house for, for our mom. And the second son says, yeah, I realized that she needed a new car, so I got her a Mercedes with a driver. <laughs> the younger son, he smiled and said, I've got all of you beat. You remember how mom enjoyed reading the Bible all these years, always reading the Bible. You know how much she enjoyed that. Well, her eyesight is getting bad, and so it's very difficult for her. So I, I sent a, a remarkable parrot to her. I sent a parrot to her. This parrot recites the entire Bible. He, he's one of those, one of a kind. Mom, mom just has to, you know, say the book of the Bible and, and the chapter and the verse, and, and that parrot recites it. A little later on, Mom sits down to write thank you notes, and in the thank you notes she writes, to her first son, the house you built is huge. I live in only one room, but I have to clean the whole house. <laughs> to her second son, I'm too old to travel. I stay home most of the time, and besides that, the driver is rude. To the third son, you have good sense. You have the good sense to know what your mother likes. The chicken was delicious. <laughs> I, I hope you can enjoy that. So now you know what you can give your mother for Christmas. <laughs> Christmas hope. Christmas hope. Hope is, is not something of wishful thinking, but hope is uh, putting our trust in. It's waiting for. It's looking for. It's uh, uh, desiring something special, desiring something for someone else. It's expecting something that will be beneficial in the future. Expecting something that's going to be beneficial in the future. And I am amazed at all the different scripture verses in the Word of God that talks about hope. Yeah. 
there is a tremendous, tremendous number of scriptures that, that tell us about the hope that's within God's word. And we look at the, Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 2. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged, you have enlarged the nations and increased their joy. They rejoice because you as people rejoice in the harvest of men rejoice when dividing the plunder. Verse 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. A Wonderful Counselor. A Mighty God. An Everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. 700 years before the birth of Christ, this prophetic word comes to Isaiah. Now, understand what's going on as Isaiah has this prophetic word that comes from God. Assyria has crushed the northern kingdom, and they're talking about taking Judah out, and there's just a tremendous amount of political and upheaval of society and life, and it's very chaotic. And God chose to take this time in history when things were coming unglued. And Isaiah has a vision of hope. There is a prophecy that comes forth. The people who are walking in darkness have seen a great light. It's as if this vision of hope has already happened. A great, great event. And it's the excitement that's within Isaiah as he declares this prophetic word because he knows that he knows this isn't his word, it's God yeah. speaking through him. Right. And yeah. it's the manifestation of God's spirit in God's presence. And a child is to be born. A child is to be born. Again, he, he says it with such emphatic words as it's already been happened. It's already taken place. By faith he saw this king. He saw this king, unlike other earthly kings who were military giants, he saw a son who was a gift from God, the son, God's son, a gift from God. This child would be one of the sons of David, but he would be different. He would be different. He gives the title counselor, but not just counselor, wonderful counselor. Oh, my, my, my. What do we have here? A wonderful counselor. It indicates marvelous wisdom. It indicates great deeds that he could accomplish. He's extraordinary. What does this all mean? This means that the government is going to be upon his shoulders. This means that, that Jesus is going to come to this earth and he's going to govern and he's going to uh, have a tremendous influence and he can choose with great wisdom and counsel how to get through life. His wisdom and knowledge exceeds all of the descendants of David. If you put them all together, they couldn't compare to the knowledge and the wisdom of this child being born. 700 years announcement of this birth. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are found in Jesus. 
And so when we are in a, a time of wondering what God would have for us, we must recognize that Jesus is not only our Savior. He not only has made a way for us to make it, but he is our great counselor. He's the one who has this great influence, his exhaustible wisdom. He is the truth, the way, and the life. Jesus is an awesome, awesome counselor, Amen. a wonderful counselor who, who comes into our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Word of God. This counselor knows our heart. He knows how to bring the right people into our lives at the right time. He knows how to help us get through the tragedies of life. He knows how to help us get through the times of, of mourning because Jesus mourned. Jesus experienced all the emotions we do. And so he is the great counselor. He is the wonderful counselor. He became a, a, a child of God. He became the child that, that you and I can also become a child of God because of Jesus paying the price for us. God's son. God's only Son, the wonderful Counselor. Our hope is centered in a wonderful Counselor. Not just somebody that asks questions, but somebody that knows our heart. Jesus lives deep inside of us, and he can lead us into the Scripture verses that minister to our inner heart. The great Counselor. We're living in a time in society where Life is extremely difficult for a lot of people. Right. And you wonder why this is. Part of it is the economy. You're paying a whole lot more today than you did two years ago for items. And the stress of that wears on you because you're yeah. used to living a certain lifestyle. Yeah. And I propose to you to seek the face of God and allow this great wonderful counselor to help you through the difficult days Amen. and help you understand that life is not about the stuff but it's about the wonderful counselor coming to you and walking you through life's difficulties Amen. our hope is centered in a mighty God for this child born to you is given, his government will be upon his shoulders. He's a wonderful counselor. He is the mighty God. Our hope is centered in a mighty God. Right. Our expectations, our hope is centered in a mighty God. Who is this God? He is a divine warrior. He triumphed over sin and death. Hallelujah. That is a mighty God. He took away the death issue, and he gives us life and life more abundantly. We have life eternal. Not only do we have life more abundantly here on this earth today, but we have eternity to look forward to as this son who is prophesied 700 years before his birth, who's going to come into existence, and he was going to be the mighty God. The newborn son, being a wonderful counselor, but also he's going to be a mighty God. A, a child in a crib, how is he going to be a mighty God? It's the declaration that he will be the mighty God. That's right. Some people argue that, that Isaiah you know, could not have comprehended the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. But when you 
when you look at just Isaiah, you're you're not getting the full picture. Right. Because this is the divine revelation of God. Hallelujah. Amen. The divine revelation of God. Don just told me earlier in the break about Malachi uh, being the uh, declaration of Bethlehem is where Jesus was going to be born. Throughout the scriptures, the prophetic word just continues to, to leap out at us and tell us the tremendous direction that God is working. And the, the new birth. Jesus, the new birth in a manger being the mighty God being the mighty God the wonderful counselor the mighty God the one who is our hero Isaiah believed this child would be born of the spirit of God how much did Isaiah understand about all this writing it's not really clear but the ancient prophet in the wording that God put in his heart that he wrote, we see great faith. He sees this child as being the mighty one of God. I love that phrase, God Almighty. And because we have to recognize he is almighty. And there's no one else that compares. God is a God of Almighty. He's invincible. No earthly king could ever, ever be invincible like this mighty God. This son of David would accomplish what other men could not do. Other sons would come and they would conquer and they would, they would be uh, tremendous warriors, but at their death, their life would be over and whatever they did would be over. But Jesus, this great mighty God, was going to be winning mankind. He was going to conquer mankind by the thousands. He was going to conquer mankind and win their loyalty and win their love by the thousands upon probably millions, if you would, through the years. And, and have a kingdom based on unusual power. Unusual power. Supernatural power. Power that goes beyond the human mind. Today, on this day, beyond Bethlehem, we are 2,000 years beyond Bethlehem, we readily see the powerful Almighty God who has taken the world, sent missionaries to the furthest parts of the world, has helped man come up with tremendous translations of the Bible in many different languages to minister to people all around the world. This Jesus. We see him as being the powerful almighty, the almighty one who, who doesn't have wars and armor and machine of war. He doesn't have any of that. He has the power of God almighty himself. He has a love that reaches down to mankind. His love is greater than a war machine. No other force on the earth is more powerful than the love of God. The love of God and how much he loves you and cares for you. This God Almighty became flesh. The word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. Right. In John's gospel, it calls Jesus the word. 
Jesus being the word and how that he came and lived among us. And, and it's the powerful thing. God Almighty, triumphant over death and the grave. Triumphant in winning souls around the world. The love of God, this God Almighty, there's nothing too difficult for him to do. Absolutely nothing. Amen. He's Almighty. Our hope is centered in the everlasting Father. Oh, this is one of the things that breaks my heart. Because when you say Father today, it's totally different than when you said Father 100 years ago. We've gone through such upboil in our society. And so the Father image is something we need to regroup and restudy and understand how awesome a heavenly father is. He is an everlasting father. Everywhere present. He's our eternal father. It is clearly stated. That there be no end. There will be no end. Verse 7. Of the increase of his government and peace. There will be no end. There's no end to the peace that God has for you. Amen. Because he is the father. He is the everlasting father. He has a peace for you. The son God's son has that peace. He came to build his throne to accomplish whatever was going to be accomplished through the throne. There is nothing lasting about other rulers, but he is an everlasting, everlasting. He is a powerful, powerful God, and evil can has no match to the powerful, everlasting Father. Isaiah speaks of eternal life. He speaks of eternal Messiah. The kingdom is everlasting. It's everlasting. It, it, it's not going to be just a flash in the pan. But this kingdom, today, 2,000 years after the birth of Christ, we still see the kingdom of God marching forward to, to the rapture of the church is coming. But for right now, there is the declaration that God is in control, that God is going to help Israel win their war. God is going to be there for them. And, and he is our heavenly father. He is our everlasting father. He never quits. He acts like a father. He disciplines his children for their good. He provides for children's needs. A father provides for the needs of his children. And our everlasting father, he provides for your needs. He, you have a relationship with him and he wants to bless you. And he answers the request of those he loves. His everlasting Father, we must recognize He is the provider and the protector. Right. As an everlasting Father, He is the provider and the protector. We live in a day when you need to be praying, God, where do you want me to be and how do you want me to get there? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're living in a day to know that, that God could put you at the right place at the right time. If you choose to run your own schedule, run your own way, you're, you're in trouble because you don't know what's, what's out there. But an everlasting Father, He wants to provide for you and He wants to protect you. An everlasting Father. Nothing greater, nothing greater than a dad taking time to go fishing with his boys, his girls. Nothing greater than dad taking time to, to take mother out and make sure she's treated well. There's nothing greater than, than a father looking out after the grandkids. Just the father image of being the provider and protector. That's our God. Our everlasting Father. He will never, ever let you down. 
He is the Father of all fathers. God the Father. God Almighty. God the Father. He is an everlasting Father. And we are so blessed to be a part of the family of God because He adopts us into being children. You know, most leaders of governments, they, they call themselves the people that they govern over subjects. Some even to the point of calling them slaves or servants. But Jesus calls us sons and daughters. Right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Our everlasting Father, Amen. He calls us sons and daughters. He doesn't rule over us. He doesn't rule us as being slaves. He doesn't rule over us as being servants. We don't have to bow to Him because He means He makes us do. We bow to Him because we want to. Because right. He is our everlasting Father. And He provides for us. And He protects for us. Our hope is in a Prince of Peace. Right. Our hope is in the Prince of Peace. When you recognize that the world is absent of peace. The world is struggling to find peace. To know that the government in the peace, there will be no end. There will be no end. The Prince of Peace. War, conflict, death, always has the hallmark of a king. A king always pulls in his subjects and calls them into service. He taxes them. Their blood, their hardships are all there because of the fact that they're the king. Jesus doesn't operate that way. He operates out of love. The prophet points to this new Messiah as being a person of peace. The Prince of Peace. The one who's going to produce peace. It's important that we don't fully give the roses without giving the thorns. During the Christmas season, we, we get excited about celebrating the birth of Jesus. We get excited about calling him the Prince of Peace. But at the same time, Jesus suffered on the cross. At the same time, we will suffer. We will go through difficulties in life. To be a Christian is to face the hostile world and, and to make a difference in people's lives. That's right. It's difficult to go through the loss of a loved one. It's very difficult. And there's a period of suffering and there's a period of mourning that goes on during that time. The Prince of Peace still says, I can bring you peace in the midst of sorrow. Isaiah does not have in mind that the new child will not come with war as a means of establishing his kingdom. What he means is, is that he will establish peace. And, and as we seek peace, God will teach us to be people of peace and seek peace. The conflict does not always mean the absence of conflict doesn't always mean that your enemy is your friends. The cause of conflict is sin. And so if we can remove hatred and jealousy and strife and bitterness, if we can remove those sins, the conflict can be resolved. The Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. Our hope is centered in him, the Prince of Peace.
God and man. The only thing that can separate God from man is sin. Sin keeps God at a distance. The Prince of Peace restore. Hallelujah. The Prince of Peace restore a relationship with you and I and our Heavenly Father. We have this blessedness, this Prince of Peace. We have this ability to know that He is the Prince of Peace and that He is the one who restores and removes sin. Peace, the peace that a child has whenever there is nothing else going on in life. When a child experiences peace, it's because his needs are being met. As we grow older, we get involved in the things of life and we realize that, that peace kind of sometimes uh, gets away from us. But God has a plan and a purpose. In the increase of his government and the peace, there will be no end. There is no end. God has a peace for every one of us. God has a peace for every one of us. And it's so important that we recognize the peace of God that passes all understanding. You see, it all comes because of a hope. In Romans chapter 5, in Romans chapter 5, we have a scripture verse that brings us to that point of, of knowing the presence and the power of God Almighty and how that He works on all things. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The hope. This Christmas hope has to do with the God of hope. And the God of hope is that great God of hope that is our everlasting Father, that He is the Prince of Peace. And how does that peace come about? May the God of all hope fill you with joy and peace. Fill you with joy and peace. God said, I'm going to fill you with joy and peace. Amen. As you seek Him, as you desire Him, may the God of hope, God, God is the God of all hope. God is the God of all hope, who fill you with all joy, all hope, all joy, and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This Christmas hope comes because the power of hope, that God wants to bring hope into your life in a greater sense, in a greater way. You see, we have this great hope of salvation through Jesus Christ. But we also have the great hope that he's coming again. Yes. The blessed hope, they call it. And in 1 Thessalonians 4, 18, it says, and encourage one another. Encourage one another. Encourage each other that Jesus is coming in. He's coming in the clouds to meet his own, to, to rescue us out of this world before the great tribulation. I believe that with all my heart. There's hope in God. You see, hope leads to joy. In Romans it says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Amen. Hope comes because of the joy of the Lord that's in our strength. Hope leads us to boldness. There is a sin that we have, there is Therefore, since we have such a hope, therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Therefore, since we have such a hope, such a hope, our hope is in the Lord. And because we have the hope in our Lord, He makes us very bold. 2 Corinthians 3.12 3, And knowing that we have 
the power of hope living within us, the faith of God. And we must recognize that there is coming a time when Jesus is going to resurrect us. And we're going to have the opportunity to be a part of the kingdom of God. We're going to be a part in a greater sense when he comes back in the clouds. And we're going to have the opportunity to be with him. It's going to be an exciting time, an exciting adventure. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 4 and 5. Colossians chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. It, it reads, Because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints, the faith and love that springs from the hope that is stored up, in, stored up for you in heaven that you have already heard about from the word of truth, the gospel. God's hope stored up within us and we have this opportunity to look forward to the comfort. There's hope and comfort as we encourage one another in the things of God and allow the presence and the power of God to move mightily in our lives. It's such a marvelous thing to know of the hope that God has for us. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 so then just as you receive Christ as Lord continue to live in his him rooted and built up in him strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflow with thankfulness see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophies which depends on human traditions and basic principles of this world rather than on Christ Jesus the babe in the manger is who we put our trust in no one else, no other philosophy, no other theology, nothing else but the fact that God loves us through Jesus Christ. And we have the privilege of being involved with this great hope, this great God who gave us the great Son, who called him Wonderful Counselor, called him Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. You and I have the privilege to have this person living inside of us Amen. this Christmas and marching forward and helping others to come to know the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ so that we in receiving Christ as Lord he continues to live in us and we live in him we are rooted and we build up together strengthened in the faith because of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit yes there will be those times of suffering but God is greater than the suffering you see in Romans chapter 5 it says that to rejoice in our suffering. Rejoice in our suffering. You heard me say it. Rejoice in your suffering because suffering brings perseverance. And perseverance brings character. And character brings hope. Hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Jesus Christ is our hope let's pray heavenly father we thank you for your son jesus who died on calvary's cross for our sins and lord jesus thank you for being our hope thank you for coming to this world being born in a manger and we celebrate the birth of christ today we celebrate the fact that Isaiah, a man of God, 
seeking the face of God with all of his heart, writing out something that didn't happen for 700 years. But he wrote it with such faith and such excitement that is as if it already had happened. Yes, Lord. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for the faith that has been stirred in our hearts today. For God, we know that our hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our hope is in the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we celebrate the coming, but we also celebrate the fact that we're keeping our minds on in tune. We're keeping our heart in tune with God. We're seeking the face of God with all of our heart, body, soul, and mind, that we will be prepared. We will be ready when Jesus comes in the clouds to receive his own. Oh, Father God, we love you today, and we say thank you for the empowerment of your Holy Spirit. We're so blessed to be yours today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Today's message challenges us to walk with God. Possibly you're here today and your walk with God hasn't been the way you want it to be. And you'd raise a hand and say, Pastor, pray with me. I want God in my life in a better way. I want to walk with Him closer. I want to get to know this everlasting Father. I want to get to know this God Almighty. I want to know this Prince of Peace in a better way. You raise a hand and say, that's me today. I need to let Jesus forgive me my sins. I need to let Jesus help me to walk in his grace. You raise a hand and put it back down. I'm here today. I need God's help. Possibly you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, you raise a hand and say, thanks for challenging me. I'm going to continue to love Jesus with all my heart. You'll raise your hand and say a declaration. Yes, I'm going to live for Jesus all my days. I'm going to do this for God. I'm going to raise your hand and say, yes, I'm living for Jesus. Yes, 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 I'm living for Jesus. Yes, I'm living for Jesus. I make the declaration. I'm living for Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. As we raise our hand to say thank you, we're living for Jesus. And Lord Jesus, you have promised us to give us life and life more abundantly. We walk in your grace. We walk in your mercy. For God, without your grace and mercy, we can't be. But Lord Jesus, thank you for forgiving us of our sins. Thank you for empowering us to walk with you on a daily basis. Lord, we surrender our gifts and talents to you. All of our finances, we surrender to you. And God, I thank you. For those who have been so faithful to give throughout the years, throughout this week, possibly even this morning. God, I pray your blessing upon gift and giver. God, your word promises us that you will multiply back to those who give. And so, God, we give out grateful hearts today. We give, first of all, praise. We give of our time and our talents. Lord, we've come here today to worship you. We've come here to experience you. And Lord Jesus, Thank you. Thank you for your blessing upon this church family. And thank you, Lord, for your blessing upon those who hear us today at their home, possibly some hearing this as they drive across the city this week. God, we're grateful for your blessing and for your peace, for the peace of God that passes all understanding. And Lord, I pray blessing upon our people today. 
I pray for divine intervention. God, that you would intervene in their life and that you would show up and help them in every decision they make for your glory, for your uh, everlasting Father. You want to protect us. You want to provide for us. And Lord, we accept the title of son and daughter because we've been adopted into your family. And Lord Jesus, you have made us priests, royal priests. So God, help us to worship you and to give you praise, to give you glory, and walk with you all the days of our life for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. going to continue to have an altar service. You from viewing at home, God bless you. Have a Merry Christmas and thank you for taking time to, to listen to our service today. We hope to see you soon. Folks, the altar is open. We're grateful to be in